0: welcome to the look of love podcast the look of love living up to it looking up to it and loving through all that comes with it this is a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss us our marriage and our observations on all things life i'm valerie the wife
1: and i'm phil the husband
0: yeah the wife is the more important part Mm -hmm. thanks for joining us So let's get into it. We're talking today about toxic masculinity. masculinity. Uh, so this stems from the Gillette commercial that has yes. came out and caused everyone to get into a tizzy. Yeah. Um, in short, it's a video that has a lot of opening scenes about or showing young boys beating each other up. You know, they're calling. to so the freak, um, mm-hmm. and
1: sissy and with the examples of grown men, you know, ogling women and. Uh, you know, businessmen even doing you know strange things in commercials and being hands with females and female you female know, coworkers.
0: Yeah, and then we hear the wonderful apologist mantra, "Boys, boys will be, be boys. boys." So um, everyone seemed to be, I guess it was polarizing because people thought that they hated this commercial, they loved this commercial. What were your takeaways from the commercial, as a man?
1: I mean, as a man, <clears throat> on one hand you know, it it did come off as a a very direct call to action, you know, for the, uh, you know, related, of course, to recent events with, you know, sexual misconduct by uh, men in in and outside of various industries. And, uh, you know, showing examples, you know, of where uh, young boys and how young boys and young men men internalize certain behaviors. I would say, for the most part, you know, my general takeaway was that, you know, I didn't, I never expected a, uh, a corporation to uh, take on an issue uh, that so directly uh, affects their demographic. You know, but uh, you know, while it seems to uh, uh, chastise men, I guess there might be the question on if there's a commercial about women who treat women bad.
0: Um, you know, does it? You know. I mean, just in general, like, what did you think? Not so much where it went. What mm-hmm. did you think about the commercial? I
1: thought the commercial was well done. I thought it was. Uh, I thought the timing was uh, seemed fair for the most part. Um, you know, and it wasn't. Uh, it, it made, I could see where it may 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 seem may off putting to some people, but you know, for the most part, I thought it was accurate. You know, I thought it was making very bold and accurate statement.
0: Yeah, I definitely watched the commercial and just thought to myself. I'm pretty sure some people might be put off by this commercial, but I'm starting to really hate the we have to give one message and then give the other message or give open opportunity to the, the, the other side. Um, I heard a lot of people who just said, yeah, go ahead and do a commercial for women. Like Women treat each other bad, too. And I was like, that's not the point. This is not the... <laughs> Ironically, this is not like a Me Too moment moment for them. Like just because we're messaging something that we clearly recognize in our society, both like legally and just socially, we recognize that there is toxic masculinity, and that can be addressed without people feeling as though um, it's a one-sided conversation. It's one part of a conversation, um, and just based on the climate we're in, it matches what has been happening. Like, we're talking about toxic men in our society and where that comes from.
1: And, you know, how their influence um, has uh, permeated society in negative ways.
0: Yeah, so I think the the big point is to figure out, like, what is the definition of toxic masculinity? And in short, it's a narrow and repressive description of manhood. And so if you think about anything that is seen as um, a weakness, especially when it comes down to emotions. Um, You know, we attribute a lot of things that are wrong with boys as being well associated with women, which I think is a gender issue in itself, like being soft or being emotional. Those are all things that are attributed to women, and it's fine when women do it, but boys and men don't get a chance to do that or be that. Um, And so it's... It's just that whole idea of, like, you know, we talk about the black card being taken away. It's other men who take away the man card from other men because they're showing Mm -hmm. female characteristics, in short. Yeah,
1: they they equate weakness with with being feminine.
0: Yeah, and I think what's so sad about that is, you know, it can't be that you degrade a man based on what is stereotypically a woman because that just speaks to... Like why that is so toxic? Like men who judge other men for how much or you know they are like effeminate. Like that's that's the problem. That's what makes it toxic. You are judging men according to a barometer of womanhood. Right. And so if you're a man who does that, I can't help but think that you don't really have respect for women. Or at least when you see signs of women and other men, and that's toxic.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it makes you wonder what you equate being humane with, you know?
0: I mean, the reality is the thing that I really liked about the commercial was, you know, everyone's forgetting that they showed different types of men. They showed men who actually did stop what was toxic about what, yeah. was, what they were seeing. Definitely. Um, and that wasn't given enough credit. Like, it's a call to action, because there are men who are acting alone in these situations where other men are present. It's like what you said one time when you saw, when you were like, oh, I think it's ridiculous for a black woman to not feel protected when there's another black man nearby. Mm-hmm. It's like that same perspective of like, it can't be one man's job to change a narrative no. um, about how boys are being brought up. Um, and it didn't make me think about like, of course, you always bring it back to us. Right. and that's, that's why it's our show. Right. <laughs> um, how did you define your masculinity? Like what? What happened? What did you see? How did you build your narrative around what kind of man you wanted to be?
1: I mean, yeah, of course, it starts with the number one, you know, the number one honcho. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, You know the uh, the alleged. Prince of Jamaica. All right, sir, let's go. My father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no, my dad, he, uh, he always exuded a, a confidence and a certainty in, in himself and with his interaction with others that let me know, you know, the ways I should carry myself in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the way he treated my mother and my sister and his sisters and his brothers was, uh, were all things that, you know, stood out to me. You know, he was always very collegial, very very honest and open, and always made an effort to make people, make them feel good. Um, you know, and that you know that would grow. You know, as I guess as I got older, you know, the other influences would be, you know, uh, friends of mine over the years that have become very close to me, who've uh, had a great influence on me. As I they, mean,
0: but before you even go there, like saying? think about how did you end up choosing your circle of friends. Like it's not who they were to you, but well, boys usually align themselves with boys like them.
1: Yeah, I would say so, yeah. I mean I guess, you know, um I guess other guy you know, other guys who had their fathers in their lives, um, but I guess that wasn't always the case. But I think, you know, there were just traits in them that reflected a uh, a compassion that, you know, my father bred in me, I think, you know, and a certain sensitivity to uh, you know, uh, other you know other pursuits in the world, you know, a different sense of priorities that you know included some respect for people. You know, I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I think that was something that would that I think definitely was a, a common trait in a lot of friends that I made.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I mean, I would say, you know, for the most part, you know, all the uh, you know, all the things that helped define my masculinity over the years, you know, from my father to friends and of course to, you know, relationships. Uh I think, you know, as I grew up and tried to uh, you know, you know, go over that go over that romantic level with you know, certain young ladies, I, I think uh I think the way I was raised was definitely a little different than others. And uh, I definitely, as I got older, began to perceive a different, I began to wonder how women were perceiving me as I was growing, as I was getting older, mm-hmm. you know? I think I probably mentioned this before in passing, that, you know, I wondered if, uh, I, sometimes I wondered if, you know, other black women wondered if I was black, if I was all the way black when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that, you know, altered their sense of, uh, my, their sense of my masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure now, to be honest, but maybe it did. You know, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to ask. I think, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it though. I mean, it definitely affected my confidence. You know that this uh, hesitation that I felt sometimes, you know, from uh, from women as I grew up. But you know, what about you, baby?
0: Sorry, that's a student who decided to call me at night, at ten fifteen. I'm sorry, my job is never done. Um, <laughs> sorry, friends. I'm um, just turning my phone on silent right now. Um, how did I capture. I, I, I would just say you
1: captured masculinity
0: as you grew into a young lady. I mean, I think it. For if you're lucky enough, it always starts with your dad. Um, everyone knows I'm a daddy's girl. Oh, yeah. But not in that. Horrible sense of <laughs> like the princess issue of it all. Right. Um, I feel like my my person is very similar to my dad. Um, my dad, you know, he never had to tell me he was in charge. We just all kind of knew it, <laughs> um, right down to like he would get the first plate. He would get the largest plate. Um he'd go on weekends to play soccer with his male friends if um you know if there was um some another man in the car and a woman involved he'd tell you know man sit in the back like women i need to i need to, i don't need to ride the car with two, with two men in front i <laughs> mean there's a woman who could sit next to me and fill in that space. Um, so the, my dad definitely had a strong sense of what it meant to be a man, and I think a lot of that had to do with respect. But you know, even though he got the largest plate or the first plate, he still let us all pick from his plate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so there was this balance that I definitely felt like I was I I grew up knowing that he was the man of the house, and respecting what that meant. Um, but I knew that men could be soft, and that men could be funny, and men could be caring. Like, my dad wasn't emotionless. Mm. Um, and so I think that's also one of the reasons why we connect so easily is because we, we, we've we always talked. Right. Um, I think eventually I would say something switched because I remember dating—I wouldn't call them Toxic now. I mean, then <laughs> I would t- call them toxic now. Um, but I remember thinking about how my dad just really gained that respect. It was because he, at the at the end of the day, he always took care of everyone. Um, and I remember getting on that track of dating men who I knew could take care of me, could take care of me. Um, and then eventually that turned into me feeling, like, unheard. Um, really? Like, I didn't really—yeah. You know, when I think about it, like, right now, um, it just seemed like that was, like, the currency. I would be kept, and they would keep me.
1: <laughs> and so— in, But in a sense, it sounds like you were being heard. I mean, well, at least maybe to a certain extent.
0: Well, I think that's that's why this is so tricky. Yeah. I mean, the reality is this. Like, um, I think I control a lot. I think I'm super strong. Um, but I really enjoy being a woman in the traditional sense. Like, I I like being soft and pink. I joke about that all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and I think especially when you when you feel like you don't have that space in the workspace, like I'm not really allowed to be soft and pink at work. I'm supposed <laughs> to be in charge. Um, so when I'm able to have a man like really make me feel like there's nothing I need to think about or, you know, that things have already been decided, I I bend to that. Um, and I never really considered that toxic, but I do feel like though those relationships ended for a reason. Right. Um, and because there wasn't necessarily an equity of emotions, like how we were gonna transfer or share emotions, I think that's why I would deem them toxic right now. Um, they didn't feel toxic at the time. And I also feel like a lot of that has to do with um, you, of course, because I definitely feel like that's that's like something we we don't really struggle with, but we definitely struggle with it. There are times where I'm just like, you know that comes back where I want Phil to just be the man about the situation, or and that what that means is is very tricky because there are so many instances where I feel like because he's not a traditional man that I'm like that's why we work, <laughs> so I don't know how to like I think there's there's this there's this way. To balance it, that sometimes there are some messages that don't work well. Like as much as I believe you to have to be masculine, I also believe that there's an element of femininity that I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to be neat. I'm supposed to want to clean. I'm supposed to want to cook. But those are things that that a man could
1: just easily take responsibility for.
0: Right. You Remember, know? we had this discussion when we were watching. I forgot we watched something, and they were talking about like uh, how can
1: camp. With the when they were trying to pick the rooms?
0: Oh well no well that oh thank you. That was an, well, that was a good episode. We were watching um Marriage Bootcamp, the um Hip Hop edition. Um and you know, the rappers were sitting in the background, Big like soldier. smoking, chilling. Big soldier. The women had to pick like a like rooms that they were gonna sleep in and the men did not help at all. They did, just let like, the did, women they like just laid
1: back. They sat yeah, back. Yeah, while the they women are. just
0: hand about like <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, 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 please pardon uh, uh, that, that, that. My toxic herb. femininity.
0: <laughs> um, no, but it was just so funny. Like, not a single man got oh. up to take part in decision making. It was like this. That was They've glaring. all decided that it was a woman's I'm task. Right. Yeah. It was an unspoken it, agreement.
1: I'd be guilty of that,
0: though. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about how you we were watching. Or maybe I don't know, we were doing something, and someone was like, No, like the very notion that guys help with char- with chores just makes it makes it known that like there are certain tasks that we put genders to, and it's like, no, why are you helping around I the house so. like why like why why don't you own a chore? why don't you right. like you're you're not allowed to help It's like the same thing with men who like oh, I'm babysitting my kid, you're watching your kid, you're not babysitting your kid. <laughs> Right, so when we say things like that, it's like, <laughs> yo, father should never
1: say babysitting.
0: babysitting. Ever, it's like, what you are you know? talking about? Even you're, you you're with your kid. Come on. <laughs> but I think that's like that's part of the issue. It's like you can't accept gendered roles as women without accepting some. Buy in to what may be a repressed narrative about what a man is and
1: isn't. See, You know, the, the difficulty, I guess, we're having. I, I hear the difficulty on both parts trying to get to the core of masculinity, the core of femininity. You know, and, and it comes down to all these established societal norms that we've been exactly that we've been raised with from two generations ago.
0: I mean, and and, and, like, and you're right about that because it's like when you say get to the root I'm like the reason why we can't get in the root is because someone else built it from
1: so it's like to try to unfold that and redefine and try Mm -hmm. to get that because I mean I think we're trying to get beyond the words masculine and feminine and just get to human
0: I mean and here's the thing like we have to think about like just if we like if I were an archaeologist, I'd go way, way, way back in time. And the reality is it's like as soon as you distinguish who's going to go out and hunt and who's gonna to tend to the house, we've already created an understanding of what you were gonna do and what you were gonna do. And unfortunately the youths became genders, and I think that's where it came from. The the issue right now though is like when you think about toxic masculinity. In general, there's another layer when you think about how that exists in the black community. Yes,
1: definitely.
0: And, you know, if we're talking about societal norms, for black men, you have to times that toxicity times two because there's this understanding that we know society is always trying to emasculate our black men. Right. So it's like if there's anyone who wants to be tougher than tough and more sexual than the most sexual— our black men tend to fall into that more than any other because of this, this feeling of being emasculated. Like many people argue that that's that is how hip hop came to be and move. I mean, that's to where it is. I
1: mean, that's where a lot of the hyper, you know, masculine images come from. It's, it's a defense mechanism to all the emasculation. Yeah, you know, there's, like like we're trying to we're trying to stem the we're trying to stem the flow we're trying to stem the flow of blood there mm-hmm. by 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 compensating by overcompensating for it, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it was exuded a lot in the culture. Um, I mean, there's some evolution going on, but uh, for the most part, you know, hip hop definitely typified, you know, even exacerbated a lot of images and ideas that you know should be considered archaic.
0: I mean, what's so funny is I think about... When I think about hip-hop and, you know, where this toxic masculinity, like, comes from, it's so interesting to think about, like, when a rapper becomes really... Like grown, like think about Jay Z. Yeah. If you look at pictures yeah. Yeah. of Jay Z way in the past, yeah. Um, it's like the gold chains and like all of his money around his neck. Now he's kind of Steve Jobs his way. He's like, <laughs> no bling, simple attire. My hair is not cut. Like, you know. And then even the artistry and how like he's evolved from money cash hoes into like I'm um, at the Louvre with my wife, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know the women's video are are art. Not just women mm-hmm. shaking on, and it's like there is an evolution. Once you've established yourself, maybe when you become more educated, like you can evolve out of your toxic view of masculinity. You can. Um, yeah, that doesn't definitely. mean you're not going to get slack from it or no. cut, get flack from people from it. Because and not, and
1: not even and it's not that even going to suffer not not going to suffer any lapses in behavior. Yeah. You know, but because uh, you know, with age comes with You know, with with time comes wisdom, Um, but you know there are a lot of normal things that are hard to you know things that you find normal that you know you can't. They're hard to reprogram yourself away
0: from. It's so funny because I you know when I am thinking about like the role of this in like in hip hop, the reality is unfortunately many of our boys are watching videos, right and. We all know the videos we could think of that say this is what a woman is, and this is what you use her for, mm. um, and this is what her platform is. And none of those things would be great. Um, <laughs> none of those things would be great. But I'm just thinking about, like, um, I want to say it was Nipsey Hussle who he yeah. said yeah. something recently. with. I mean, it was a, it, no. what should have been a glorious picture, yeah. of a bunch of boys, you know, being strong well, black boys. They were, they were
1: well dressed well for dressed. this for this event for mm-hmm. I think it was for some program at a university, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't remember what it but was
1: they were, for. They were all impeccably dressed. Yeah. Standing, standing in line, you know. But he was the like formation. these
0: are our strong black boys, you know, like pretty much like no hom- no homophobia, no no,
1: no b- abandoners, no yeah. no no violent, no violent men, no hom- no home no homosexuality.
0: Yeah. And I was like and it was like, ooh, wait, hold on a second. First of all, these are young boys, and you don't know what they're carrying with them. Like, you actually don't know if any of those boys in those pictures are gay. But you, by, but you went ahead and projected strength in terms of a, oh, sexuality, abandonment, and violence. And it was like, well, that's also what's wrong. Like, when you say strong black boys... That can't be the message that coincides. That like, what makes them strong is what we're trying to grapple with. Like, it's not enough to put on a good suit and say that's strength.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. You know, he was. I mean, I think he was equating their image with one that does not condone or 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 dally with violence or uh, uh, misogyny or homosexuality.
0: And I think that's what makes it toxic. Toxic. It's like
1: that, that assumption. Mm-hmm. It's unfair. Yeah. Uh, exclusive, exclusive and it puts undue pressure on young boys who may be dealing with, you know, three different struggles. We yeah, could be black, all three. And gay.
0: I mean, <laughs> you know, and I think and the other who, thing who is, could be
1: stronger? To be honest,
0: it's like what? I guess my my biggest issue. I knew what he was trying to say. It was one of those moments where you just yeah, like, yeah, you get,
1: you get the, you get, you get it's how like he you felt. Don't even, yes. But he but he took it. He, he took it to a. It took it to an extreme then. He
0: took it to an extreme because step one, you've gotta be really clear about what you're claiming to be the reason that the black community is failing. And it's not because some in the community are gay. That's not it. I think what we do to those in the community that are gay is often toxic masculinity. So the, the young gay black boy who isn't strong because his strong black man of a father doesn't allow him to find strength in who he is. Like, what's wrong with toxic masculinity is that it's the same reason why toxic femininity is a problem. Like It's a cage. It's a cage for people who historically have been caged.
1: You know, it's, it's almost like... You know, I, I've heard that, you know, this, this homophobia is just a, a diluted, you know, a diluted projection of, of rage, of the black man's rage at, you know, their own masculation.
0: I mean, you know? what, whatever the reason is that you are gay has nothing to do with what's plaguing the community. What's plaguing mm-hmm. the community is violence. That was real. Abandonment yeah, that was real, poverty that's real, but the circumstances around all of that can be so complex and so layered that defining something as strong, I think that's the same thing that we do to women. Like I think it's toxic that there's an expectation for Black women to be strong, strong Black women. Yeah, I think that strength and expectation of strength have killed us. You um, out. Hmm. Just burn them out. Oh, yeah. But there's also this understanding, like, you know, when we say strong black women, most strong black women have learned that there's pain in everything. Yeah. Like, you don't even accept something when it's easy. You don't accept something when it's sweet. (laughs)
1: Like, like just the the image of strength implies struggle and pain. Yeah. Constant struggle. Constant struggle and pain. You don't necessarily equate strength with happiness.
0: Yes And I think that Because
1: you know Do you you need to be strong To be happy
0: Do you need to be strong To be happy I think it takes A lot of strength For you to find happiness In a world like this Mm -hmm. But I don't think I'm a strong black woman Because I've been Holding out On my man Who's doing a bid (laughs) Or I don't think I'm a strong black woman Because I can have Six jobs And still Like Mm -hmm. Like I think That's the wrong message Because it's like black women feel like in order for them to be like it's it's like their version of in, it's about enduring not thriving thank you that's where I, yes that's exactly it it's like why why can't we just thrive why do we have, we have to, to endure? endure because that's something that we is not expected of white women no. like they don't have to be strong they can just be women <laughs> they can just be white <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Please send your emails. I, to me. <laughs> hey! Hey, you know, we were gonna take it there.
0: I mean, no, because the reality is this like, I can't help but think about toxic masculinity without thinking about black couples. Like, this is a look of love, so of course I'm gonna bring it there. But when we put out strong black men or strong black women, is that why we struggle with coming together? Like both of those titles are wrapped up in like another layer of societal norms. And then all of that heaviness and all that endurance and all that struggle, we put in each other's okay. face and say we have love.
1: We'll say love and remind ourselves that we're trying to do this to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 mean, I, I mean, I guess, then I guess, you know, the thing about toxic masculinity is that it also narrows, you know, that man's ability to uh, perceive others' happiness, I think. Mm. You know, toxic masculinity is naturally selfish and self-centered mm. with, a, with a very myopic vision.
0: Mm.
1: You know? So it's hard to see others' happiness. And when, and when, you know, when it's just about you and you feeling good and you being, you know, the, the, the strong one, instead of trying to imbue strength into your family, this is what the, a man should do.
0: But that's so funny because when, when black men are strong, black men, they are self-serving in their strength. Exactly. No, no one
1: talks about imbuing
0: strength. Yeah, but when women have strong black women, it actually is about the, giving giving the, the strength to others. Giving being strong for others, and I think that's also the the gap in. You know, stereotypically dysfunctional black relationships.
1: Getting to the root here, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like if I am a self-serving black man equipped with a serving-oriented black woman, then there's going to be a gap in 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 the currency of our love or the conditions of our love. Like I feel like I'm always giving and you're taking, and you don't you don't (laughs) you're just able to be a man about things like I don't know I, I really I struggle with the idea that men like I've always said it's really great to be a girl like I'm very happy that I was born a, a, a girl because I don't have to be one dimensional like as a girl I have a lot of freedom to be any type of girl that I want to be And I know that sounds very counter to what we tell girls like it's limited being a girl but I mean I was able to explore and practice, you know, emotional intelligence. I was able to dress up in all these different types of ways and you know, I could if I wanted to be a tomboy I could. If I wanted to be a girly girl I could. But boys, you just had to be a boy. And men you just have to be a man. As soon as you stray away from that very limited view, there's a question about you. I mean, we do it to our men. I think he's gay. Is he gay, girl? You think he's gay? Like, <laughs> we do all of that look, when there's a man look, who's counter to this masculine narrative.
1: Look, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I can say from experience, there were members of my family, you know, before they started meeting my girlfriends, they wondered about me because I wasn't in sports.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't into any any things that any of their any of my cousins and their, cousins and nieces were into.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't to all the all this weird geeky shit.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, that was before it, the the blurred. We blurred We know that you're not gay. Yeah. Now, but you were probably seen as gay back in the
1: day. Yeah, because we weren't we weren't focused on girls. We were focused on you know, twenty sided <laughs> dice and and watching Transformers at four thirty p.m. every day.
0: Like I love how he's talking about this like it's the past. He right, still
1: does that right, shit. Right. <laughs> Let's but, be very clear. But you know, uh, but my father, you know, all credit to him, you know, he was one that. You know, I don't think my dad. I can, you know, I mean, I don't know. My dad's pretty old school, mm-hmm. but something about him, something about the way he raised me, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't see as toxic because he let me, um, uh, be you, yeah, he let me be me. He let me, he let my mind wander in any direction that it wanted to go. Yeah. He did not try to direct me towards. Oh no 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 no, no stay like, right here. Just think about this. Yeah. He let my mind wander. he Let my imagination run wild with the world. You know, and, you know, with the things I read and the places I went, people I met, and the questions I could ask them, you know, all these things, I think, you know, broke down some boundaries for me, you know, I mean, but of course, I think some others came into play as I got, as I got deeper into high school,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, um, you know, going from sophomore year, and, I, I, I mean, you yeah, know, I was definitely guilty of some asinine behavior. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> you
0: know, I mean, that's growing up. It's growing already. up,
1: it's growing up, but, you know, I, yeah.
0: I think it's just interesting, like we we openly talk about the black man as being oppressed, but I don't think we're as open to discuss about like the, the conditions that have re, that have like repressed black men, and I think one of them is really this view of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Like, if the if black men are not good husbands or if black men are not good boyfriends, a lot of that could be because they're they haven't been taught to share their emotions with anyone, which means you don't spectrum. know how to share yeah, anything with a partner.
1: you know, I, you know, again, I can say it from experience, you know, as you get older and you go through relationships, you begin to wonder, you know, you think back and you wonder if your emotional spectrum is only in two shades, maybe three, <laughs> you know, two or three shades. And it may not even seem like, Oh, big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm either happy, sad or mad. Okay. But, yeah. but for who? When? Why?
0: You're saying you that you and I and I feel like I you know, to be completely honest with everyone, like that, that was where I think Phil and I struggled. Um, you know, when we first met, I remember telling him I wasn't high maintenance, but I was emotionally high maintenance. Uh, which is totally true. Like yeah. I need you to be here for all of my emotions. I don't yeah. need you to, to buy me something. I need you to do that too, but Yeah, really a, it's the emotional piece. There's a video conference with all emotions every week. All right, y'all can get to see the new show called The Look of Hate. Um, (laughs) I I feel like there was definitely a point in our relationship, and I want to say this is probably, I've got to give it like maybe five or six years ago where we were like downstairs and um, we were hanging out, and Phil had an emotion that wasn't part of his three shades, and I got mad. um, because he was having that emotion that wasn't one that, you know, I thought was appropriate for his three shades of um, man emotions. Um, and then he was just like, I feel like you're the only one who's allowed to, like, be upset in this relationship where you're, like, like pretty much all of all of the emotional privileges really just rest upon just you. You have the freedom to be emotional, but I don't. And I remember thinking... I don't know why you would think that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and then it was simple things. Like he said, like, you know, I'm like, if you're ups- if we're both upset and we've had an argument, I'm the one who has to come and, um, and pretty much unpack and close the loop on the feelings that were just shared. Um, and I remember like, so what? Like, it's not a big deal. And then I had to really think about all of my wonderful emotional moments and how oh, like I expect him to be so emotionally constant or neutral that he's always supposed to just fall in line to my emotions and respond accordingly. And that's something that I would say still today, I still struggle with it because of just this this narrative about men that I still have. Like, I don't want to hear a man amongst women. I've said this to my girlfriends many a times, like, If we go to brunch, he's not coming. Like, he's just not coming. Or if we go to your house, he's not staying in the room. Like, take your man germs away from everything that is in our she-den right now. Like, I just feel like there's a different space for for a man's voice and a woman's voice. And I think a lot of that is, like, these small ways that I've internalized what... Like what I want my man to be. I want my man to be seen, but not like heard. Unless I, unless we all need to hear him. You know, <laughs> there was
1: one. I forgot whether it was a meme or it was something that my homegirl posted on Facebook or something. But she was like, you know, I, I had to. She had to take a hard look at herself when she uh, one day she got into an argument with her. One day her dude was, you know, feeling a certain way, and you know she got upset. Like, mm-hmm. and she actually said to him. And oh, this this is what made him like. He actually didn't talk to her for like three days after she said this. Ouch! <laughs> uh, she said, "What you mad for? You with me? Oh, what you got to be unhappy about?" Oh. And yeah, she was like, "Yeah, he didn't speak to me for three days. I had to." I. She <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so, so
0: nuts.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. like, do do some women feel that
0: way? no I feel like there's this thing that we have like and it's it's, she totally said it wrong but it's like the way you know that you're doing your job as a woman is when you feel like you can tend to your man and so when a man becomes emotional or inconsolable yes you just feel like come on you got me like you have me is really what she should have said like I know you feel this way, but you have me. Like, come right. on. Like, Instead of presenting
1: yourself as but, the solution, just because you're yes, like, there.
0: it's like, come on, you, you and me, so. Like, that, oh, no. <laughs> that that was like a man's response. Like, <laughs> like, girl, what you mad for? You wrong with me. No. That's not what I wanted from you at that time at all. Okay, I had to wonder. No, I mean, I, I do feel like the the times that we're in right now, and it's so weird because most people have relationships where it is very much 50 Yeah. Um. You know, women aren't staying home in the kitchen anymore. So right. So it's like it's like you think that there's this exchange now that is balanced, balance, but I don't think we've taken the same strides with like emotional exchanges and relationships. I don't think. I don't think we're there yet because you know men are still expected well, to be kind I of mean, stoic about well, things. There,
1: that's the thing. There, There's a lot of social norms and customs in the way. Centuries. I mean. Well, that that
0: we have to unpack. Hence the Gillette Centuries. commercial, I friends. Like,
1: that's why it was so abrasive to people.
0: Yeah, I think people just didn't want to hear the it truth. Their, it was in their face. That like, you know what, society? We are the ones who created Brett Kavanaugh. We're the ones who created... Cosby, <laughs> we're Kelly. the ones who created R. Kelly. R. Kelly, we've created a lot of that. Because here's the thing: even when I think about our Mr. R. Kelly, I don't want that to be this show. So we're not going to open that worm way too much at this point. Can of worms, no, no, no. It's going to be like I'm going to just take the can opener and just let the can breathe a little bit, but nothing is coming out. Okay, he had his own. Issues Of what was happening When he was a child And when you hear or read About what happened to him With the older women in his family Or how other older black men Viewed what they knew Was happening with the young boy In his family You have to understand That there was toxic masculinity Guiding the young R. Kelly That is now guiding Young girls into his space Like (laughs) <laughs> Everyone can be unpacked by the narrative or the conditions that they're raised in or expected to endure. And I feel like for every boy that is a bully, there's a man that is struggling with what he feels should and should not be with women. Right? Because they struggle with that like defining their own manhood. And, you know, for better or for worse, men still define themselves according to the woman that they pick or don't pick. And I think that's the thing, like who we pick is a reflection of what we feel like our work is with the other gender.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know De- what I'm saying? Oh, def- oh, oh definitely.
0: <laughs> I can
1: I can definitely attest to that. There were you know, you know, every guy has met that one or two dudes that you know how they 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 take, they take their relationships to extremes. And I met one oh. guy. I met one, I met one guy like that, and when I met his lady, I could tell immediately that she was not someone with a very strong will. Ooh. Um, and that, you know, it it, it didn't take long to see them, you know, mix it up.
0: I mean. And
1: and her just cower like a mouse, in front of.
0: And that's the thing, like, I was gonna say two things. One, I've heard you say that before when we talk about, like, you said, look at what Kanye picked and what Jay Z picked. Now, Mm -hmm. we don't really know who any of those women really are. We just know their perception of it. But it does seem that, like, they both, you know, were coming from the same place, picked different routes about who they were going to be as husbands and fathers based on. The women they picked. Yeah. Now when you say what you just said, though, I was thinking about like this is the issue that many people are having with the Gillette commercial.
1: Yeah.
0: Like when you're in a space and you recognize that somebody you know is toxic. What do, what do we do? You know, the people who knew the R. Kelly. There are many names coming out I mean, that said it's, we
1: all knew. It's, see, it's so hard confronting Societal norm, which is
0: why it's hard for people to see that commercial.
1: Just like, just like with you know white people and racism mm-hmm. you know, in their own family, it's hard. It's, mm. it's hard. Like you see it, but you're standing there. You're just standing there.
0: Yeah, you're just, you know just like if I don't engage, is that or, the same thing as me?
1: It's like if I just ignore it, it will just stay in my family. No one wants to know. Mm-hmm. No one's going, because no one in their family wants to talk about it. No. You know, just like with. You know, men who do the foul things, they're not, not going to talk about the foul things no. they're doing to women. You know, and and yeah, and I guess it's unfortunate that these women, you know, aren't, aren't going to talk about... Or maybe they're talking more, talking more you know, exposing more types masculinity. But for a long time, you know, it became... It was a norm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just... Uh, there's so many things that I feel like I... It's
1: going to take generations.
0: It's... I mean... I don't know why this is now Officially making me sad All of a sudden I don't I can't even understand it Because I do feel like What it boils down to is Everyone is just wounded Like No child is brought up Or brought into this world Toxically Right Right it's like all the things that you pick up, all the things that have been yeah. messaged to you, all the all things the that you've seen. All the different influences. All the influences, influences. all the non-influences. Like yeah, everything yeah, that exactly. you're missing or have is what makes your adult real. Yeah, And I think a lot of what we're seeing as toxic in men only just begin to unpack all that was toxic yeah. in their childhood. That's
1: the thing; we're only just now really confronting it. This, the, this term "toxic masculinity" was only—I've only heard this in the past year or so, past couple yeah. of years. You know, this is this is this is a fresh, freshly exposed
0: Yeah. Um, societal wound.
1: Yeah, for, <laughs> a freshly exposed concept that will take um, years of literal study.
0: I will say that I do believe that there's. And maybe this is my my article that would definitely be published if I do it really quickly to respond to this. <laughs> because there is toxic masculin- masculinity and toxic femininity. Femininity. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's a term I've not heard used.
0: And I think that's what, like, one, like the Amber Rose, I mean, she took it two left. But she does talk about toxic femininity in that. Like slut shaming—that's that is literally what we do to each other, um, because the the societal norms around what is woman, like a classy woman, woman, um, we judge each other for it. Or when you have women who say things like, "I can't believe or she doesn't just, want to be a mother," or just like, the, the, "Oh," the, 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 or, the,
1: the moral standard for a woman is
0: high. Oh yeah, through the roof. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a the and, moral and, code and, and behind what is a woman. It's like anything one notch below that and you're Yes, out of, out of here. You know, when we judge um stay-at-home moms and we're like, you don't want to work? Like, <laughs> you don't, don't want to be independent? Yeah, it's like you shouldn't be just in that. You're either, taking all women back 100 either, years by you not working.
1: Right, cuz I want to be a great mom or I don't be an independent woman or yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean,
0: but no one wants to talk about the the fact that we fucking have to choose. How about that? What why is that not toxic? The fact that we can make a choice.
1: Even though even though it's it's always implied that you can do both. You can do both.
0: No, that's, that's so strong win. <laughs> yes, put on your that, cape, bitches, put on your cape.
1: And who's telling that the most? Other women or men? Are, mean, are, are, are the women trying to tell you, you can do both?
0: No, I think I I think it depends. Again, like there could be a man who says I'm keeping my woman and when, you, you stay at home and guess what she wants to do both. She could just stay at home. I think women judge Let's put it this way. I know this probably should have been the bottom line of this. It's like we have to just do better at recognizing toxic relationships, and yeah. I don't think it's necessarily just yeah. about like re- like in a, like a relationship that's you know between a man and a woman or a woman and a man, I th- a man and a man. Like at this point, it's like what is toxic? I think the short version would be anyone who gives you any indication that they want to repress what you deem to be your core or you. So if you are in a relationship with a girl and that's your new girlfriend that you want to invest in um, and she's giving you all types of signals that you are not enough or you should change or like, why do you do that? And they just look like they're not even willing to understand. that that Their intent is to, rep- to repress you. I mean, even between girlfriends, like, you know, when you have a girlfriend who's straight hating, where you're just like, you're not going to be able to celebrate any parts of me. I can see it already. Like, or if someone just wants to keep you in a certain space, like they don't want you to move. They don't want you to grow. Like repression is your red flag of something toxic. Um, And I think anyone that really does a good job of making you doubt who you are, so you don't become the person you're supposed to be. Like that's toxic, um, and I think we just have to do a better job mining for that. Because you can be sure that if you fall in in the space where you keep on going through this like cycle of toxic relationships, you might come from a toxic place yourself, and that's why it's hard for you to get out of that cycle. So we're you know we're we're talking about people who need to figure out like what they need for, them, like for, for themselves and what they need to thrive. And we can't have a repressed narrative about anyone or any gender in order for us to be true partners. And I think that's, the, that's what the Gillette commercial was actually trying to address in, a, in, a, in a, a larger scope. Like we're supposed to be partners in society. Like humanity requires partnership. And so the same way you wouldn't let someone just bully and beat up your, your wife is the same way you wouldn't allow society to beat up a boy who isn't boyish, right? Like we're just, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about your ability to be a partner and a support and how, you know, narratives around what isn't, isn't appropriate for genders limit your ability to partner with someone, you know? And I think that's, very true in the black community, and I think if, if, the, if toxicity is related to partnership, then I'm not surprised that we're not, you know, killing it in the department of black and black relationships and marriages. Like, there's a reason why we struggle with that, and I think it is about these narratives that we place on each other. Yes. All right, guys. I don't know if there was a resolve today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, this feels like, uh, you know, we may actually do a part two of this.
0: I Listen, that part two is going to be my article. I think we're going to give the people what they wanted, like at this toxic femininity. It is a thing. It's women judging other women and not being able to hold each other up. And I think for men, it's men judging other men and not holding them accountable.
1: Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or or holding up all the wrong wrong traits in men.
0: Yeah, enforcing and, the, the and, wrong and, and qualities.
1: Enforcing the wrong qualities in, 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 in young boys. You know, um, you know anything
0: that degrades another's humanity. You know what? I, before I feel like we're about to close, but I don't want to for two seconds. Okay. One because I'm I'm trying to think about you and why I wouldn't put you in my toxic category. Um, and it was some early signs that I think did did help me understand that what I was dating wasn't necessarily the, the best. I never, you are, you have chivalry, but it was never to express your manhood, right? It was like you were chivalrous to care. So simple acts like, you know, holding, putting your arm out so I can hold on to you. Or just being extra aware when I'm in heels. Like, those are things that I'm just like, (laughs) thank you for recognizing that it's so hard being a woman right now. (laughs) Um, But those were acts that you did out of care. And it's not because you're like, that's what men do. And I think your understanding of how to show care as a man was very evident in, in learning you. And... You know, I've never once felt like you said something because it was the manly thing to say. You did something because it was a manly thing. Like, you're not driven by your gender. I've never seen that. And I feel like, you know, when I hear girlfriends tell me things like, you know, but you're, you know, but you're dating a mature man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my husband is black I'm like, my husband is black too, ladies But the reason why they, you know, they, they struggle with that Is that I feel like the maturity that I see in you Emotionally is something that is absent from their relationships But I also know, like, a lot of the ones who were Talking about their men not being mature or emotionally sound To partner appropriately Are men who did not have their fathers Specifically yeah. And so in my mind I'm like okay great So because my husband had A father And he is emotionally sound Many of my girlfriends you know, say, say that we have a white relationship Or know, like cause we talk You know, <laughs> I'm like oh That's where it all comes from A little bit of a
1: side note But growing up Whenever I found out that You know My guy is acting a certain way And I found out his father wasn't there some part of me always thought that, you know, I think your father not being there somehow told you that relationships are optional.
0: Oh, that's a whole new, that's a whole new show, Phil. But that's so, that's so deep and that's so true. Because, because I mean, someone look, cause, opted cause, out of you. Because, you know, I'm not, no, I'm
1: not going to front, you know, I come from, on my father's side. The tradition is, down the line from my father on down, almost all my father and his brothers have at least one divorce in the books. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. And, you know, growing up, I didn't, I did not know my father's first wife very well. Mm-hmm. Um, my impression from my dad was that it's not that he wanted to leave, but he felt that he had to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, it, it wasn't a situation where he cheated or. Or anything like that You know But you know From my understanding You know There was some pressure On her side For something
0: mm-hmm.
1: But You know These weren't You know the, the, These were the examples That I had That you know I guess in a sense um, Enforced in me Something anti-toxic I think Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want To go through that I didn't want to go through any, any divorce So I did not want. I did not want to look At a relationship As optional Right. And my father didn't ever, I don't think my father ever looked, ever gave me the impression that his ex wife was someone that he definitely imparted her personality, humanity to me. Yeah. Because they had a child together. Mm hmm. Um, he never, like, talked bad about it or anything. So, I, I definitely got a sense of respect
0: for my father when it oh, yeah. came to, to relationship. But if you think about it that way, your dad messaged the importance of partnership no matter no when matter a mo- partnership ends. ends. Right. Like, right. he definitely messaged... That's what, his, that's what was. He messaged marriage to you because... He definitely wants—I mean, every, technically everybody in your family messages marriage, even if it's your first, second, third, or fourth marriage. Um, so they definitely taught you, like, yo, you need a woman, right? I really do like what you said about relationships being optional, because I do think that that's what Nipsey was actually trying to get at as well. It's like the issue of abandonment and like accountability for relationships is absent in the black community, And I think when you don't have a parent or you have a parent who's opted out of you, like it is a black story to have your father live down the block and for you not to see him. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I work at a school where, you know, a father will, you know, re, I don't want to say remarry, but re-engage in another situation. And now he's got two, three kids in the building. He picks up the one kid that's with his current girlfriend but his other two kids, he doesn't pick up or acknowledge, and you know, and the idea, like, I mean, I've been in the hallway when I've seen a girl or a boy look at their dad pick up another kid, and I think to myself, who are you going to be? Who are you going to be that when that person actively opts out of you?
1: I don't, I don't, I don't understand choices like that.
0: And I think that's what it boils down to. I like,
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you had to go through with, with the other, or the other person to make those kinds of choices.
0: Yeah, I just, I just don't understand. It's, it's, you know, it's going to take generations for us to really get our community where it needs it starts, to be. But it, I think it starts with those little ones. Starts with those little ones. Yeah, we we're never going to cure. The black community If we Not don't right fix The, and the black children. family Yeah and the
1: children first
0: Like that's That's something that No policy No president Is going to Impact It really is about The daily Unspoken Unspoken messages That we give to children For them to carry A new narrative Into their future families And I feel like We Currently, as the adults in the black community, we have to do a better job of picking who we're creating with, who we're building with, because that becomes part of the messaging too.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, it's not about toxic masculinity. It's it's toxic family structures. It's it's a lot. Yeah. That isn't working, um, yeah. and we just have to really commit to. To just being better, like that's the call to action. Just being better, not necessarily for the person watching, but be better because if you know better, you've got to do better. Like yeah. that's that's the bottom line. I mean, it's it's it's
1: it's not about taking a chance. It's just about being humane. Just, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it seems so hard to understand another level of doing the right thing. Yeah, when it seems to go against it, seems to go against you know, what you consider normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But.
0: Let accountability be your new normal.
1: Exactly. But you have to just imagine what, you know, what norm, you know, what is normed for you, um, what it really means for, you know, for those, you know, so subject to those norms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. I mean, it's, it's there are a lot of things that you know. There's the ones who inflict, the ones who receive,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: those who receive it have normed it just as much for themselves. Yeah, you know. I mean, the, the ogling, the catcalling in the street, the you know, the disrespect. You know, you know, women. have almost been uh, women have been almost, you know,
0: shrug it off or ignore it or or embrace know, it or embrace. It. it just depends. Like you just. Im- Oh, we're not, listen, it's going to be the never ending show if we don't wrap it up because <laughs> we can go down this rabbit hole for so many different reasons. But instead of doing that, we're going to save it for another episode. Okay. Um, in short, this is a really powerful commercial, whether you liked it or not. Definitely. Um, because it's a powerful conversation and outlook and perspective for us to just consider or have. Yes. Um, and in this time of, You know Boys Playing like Well men Paying for their sins As boys I think it's really important For us to Think about Like why we think That is And you know What we're allowing people To internalize As their gender roles We can We can control more Of that narrative It's not so fixed anymore No it's not So Come on Give us the rundown Where can they Find the next episode
1: (laughs) Yes, this is the twenty-first episode of the Look of Love podcast. It only took
0: us six years. Woohoo! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we are uh, going into our th- into our second season, I guess, technically speaking. Okay. Uh, you can find us um, on primarily on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now
0: Anchor. I still don't know what Anchor is, but he takes care of all that stuff. Um, <laughs> listen to the next episode, friends. We'll make sure that you guys get it shortly. All right. All right. Bye. Peace.